This recording is brought to you by Ancient History Encyclopedia. The Silk Road, written by Joshua J. Mark and read by James Lloyd. The Silk Road was a network of trade routes, formally established during the Han Dynasty of China, which linked the regions of the ancient world in commerce. As the Silk Road was not a single thoroughfare from east to west, the term Silk Routes has become increasingly favoured by historians, though Silk Road is the more common and recognised name. Both terms for this network of roads were coined by the German geographer and traveller Ferdinand von Rickfontein in 1877 CE, who designated then Seidenstrasse, Silk Road, or Seidenstrassen, Silk Routes. The network was used regularly from 130 BCE when the Han officially opened trade with the West, to 1453 CE, when the Ottoman Empire boycotted trade with the West and closed the routes. The history of the Silk Road predates the Han Dynasty in practice, however, as the Persian Royal Road, which would come to serve as one of the main arteries of the Silk road, which was established during the Achaemenid Empire, 500-330 BCE. The Persian Royal Road ran from Susa in North Persia, modern-day Iran, to the Mediterranean Sea in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, and featured postal stations along the route with fresh horses for envoys to quickly deliver messages throughout the empire. Herodotus, writing of the speed and efficiency of the Persian messengers, stated that There is nothing in the world that travels faster than these Persian couriers. Neither snow, nor rain, nor heat, nor darkness of night prevents these couriers from completing their designated stages with utmost speed. These lines, from his Histories, Book 8, Chapter 98, would centuries later form the creed of the United States of America's post office. The Persians maintained the royal road carefully and, in time, expanded it through smaller side roads. These paths eventually crossed down into the Indian subcontinent, across Mesopotamia and over into Egypt. After Alexander the Great conquered the Persians, he established the city of Alexandra Escate in 339 BCE in the Faranga Valley of Neb, modern Tajikistan. Leaving behind his wounded veterans in the city, Alexander moved on. In time, these Macedonian warriors intermarried with the indigenous populace, creating the Greco-Bactrian culture which flourished under the Seleucid Empire following Alexander's death. Under the Greco-Bactrian king Euthydemus I, 260-195 BCE, the Greco-Bactrians had extended their holdings. According to the Greek historian Strabo, 63-24 CE, the Greeks extended their empires as far as the Serres. Serres was the name by which the Greeks and Romans knew China, meaning the land where silk came from. It is thought, then, that the first contact between China and the West came around the year 200 BCE. The Han Dynasty of China, 202 BCE to 220 CE, was regularly harassed by the nomadic tribes of the Xiongnu on their northern and western borders. In 138 BCE, Emperor Wu sent his emissary, Shang Qian, to the west to negotiate with the Yetzi people for help in defeating the Xiongnu. Chang Qian's expedition led him into contact with many different cultures and civilizations in Central Asia, and among them those whom he designated Deyuan, the Great Ionians, 
who were the Greco-Bactrians descended from Alexander the Great's army. The Deoan had mighty horses, Shang Quan reported back to Wu, and these could be employed effectively against the marauding Xiongnu. The consequences of Shang Quan's journey were not only further contact between China and the West, but an organised and efficient horse breeding programme throughout the land in order to equip a cavalry. The horse had long been known in China and had been used in warfare for cavalry and chariots as early as the Shang dynasty, 1600 to 1046 BCE, but the Chinese admired the Western horse for its size and speed. With the Western horse of the Daoan, the Han dynasty defeated the Xiongnu. This success inspired the Emperor Wu to speculate what else might be gained through trade with the West, and the Silk Road was opened in 130 BCE. We'll continue after a short message from our sponsor. The Medieval Magazine is a digital magazine where you can enjoy expertly curated content about the Middle Ages, from daily life to religious life, from the Crusades to crime. The magazine covers every topic across a thousand years of history. Get your medieval fix. Subscribe to The Medieval Magazine at themedievalmagazine.com. Between 171 to 138 BCE, Mithridates I of Parthia campaigned to expand and consolidate his kingdom in Mesopotamia. The Seleucid king Antiochus VII Sidetes, 138-192 BCE, opposed this expansion and, also wishing revenge for the death of his brother Demetrius, waged war against the Parthian forces of Phraates II, Mithridates' successor. With the defeat of Antiochus, Mesopotamia came under Parthian rule and, with it, came control of the Silk Road. The Parthians then became the central intermediaries between China and the West. While many different kinds of merchandise travelled along the Silk Road, the name comes from the popularity of Chinese silk with the West, especially with Rome. The Silk Road routes stretched from China through India, Asia Minor up through Mesopotamia to Egypt, the African continent, Greece, Rome and Britain. The northern Mesopotamian region present-day Iran became China's closest partner in trade as part of the Parthian Empire, initiating important cultural exchanges. Paper, which had been invented by the Chinese during the Han Dynasty, and gunpowder, also a Chinese invention, had a much greater impact on culture than did silk. The rich spices of the East also contributed more than the fashion which grew up from the silk industry. Even so, by the time of the Roman Emperor Augustus, 27 BCE to 14 CE, trade between China and the West was firmly established, and silk was the most sought-after commodity in Egypt, Greece, and especially in Rome. Prior to becoming Emperor Augustus, Octavian Caesar exploited the controversial topic of silk clothing to denounce his adversaries Mark Antony and Cleopatra VII as immoral, as they both favoured Chinese silk which was increasingly becoming associated with licentiousness, Octavian exploited the link to deprecate his enemies. Though Octavian triumphed over Antony and Cleopatra, he could do nothing to curtail the popularity of silk. The historian Durant writes, The Romans thought silk a vegetable product combed from trees and valued it as its weight in gold. Much of this silk came to the island of Kos, where it was woven into dresses for the ladies of Rome and other cities. In AD 91, the relatively poor state of Messinia had to forbid its women to wear transparent silk dresses at religious initiations. 
By the time of Seneca the Younger, 4 BCE to 65 CE, conservative Romans were more ardent than Augustus in decrying the Chinese silk as a moral dress for women and effeminate attire for men. These criticisms did nothing to stop the silk trade with Rome, however, and the island of Kos became wealthy and luxurious through their manufacture of silk clothing. As Durant writes, Italy enjoyed an unfavourable balance of trade, cheerfully buying more than she sold, but still exported rich goods to China, such as carpets, jewels, amber, metals, dyes, drugs and glass. Up through the time of the Emperor Marcus Aurelius, 161 to 180 CE, silk was the most valued commodity in Rome, and no amount of conservative criticism seemed to be able to slow the trade or stop the fashion. Even after Aurelius, silk remained popular, though increasingly expensive, until the fall of the Roman Empire in 476 CE. Rome was survived by its eastern half, which came to be known as the Byzantine Empire, and which carried on the Roman infatuation with silk. Around 60 CE, the West had become aware that silk was not grown on the trees in China, but was actually spun by silkworms. The Chinese had very purposefully kept the origin of silk a secret, and, once it was out, carefully guarded their silkworms and their process of harvesting the silk. The Byzantine emperor Justinian, 527-565 CE, tired of paying the exorbitant prices the Chinese demanded for silk, sent two emissaries, disguised as monks, to China to steal silkworms and smuggle them back to the West. The plan was successful and initiated the Byzantine silk industry. When the Byzantine Empire fell to the Turks in 1453 CE, the Ottoman Empire closed the Silk Road and cut all ties with the West. The greatest value of the Silk Road was the exchange of culture. Art, religion, philosophy, technology, language, science, architecture and every other element of civilization was exchanged through the Silk Road, along with the commercial goods the merchants carried from country to country. Along the network of routes, disease travelled also, as evidenced in the spread of the bubonic plague of 542 CE, which is thought to have arrived in Constantinople by way of the Silk Road, and which decimated the Byzantine Empire. The closing of the Silk Road forced merchants to take to the sea to ply their trade, thus initiating the Age of Discovery, 1453 to 1616 CE, which led to worldwide interaction and the beginnings of a global community. This recording was brought to you by Ancient History Encyclopedia. For more great articles and content, visit www.ancient.eu. Ancient History Encyclopedia is a non-profit organisation. If you want to support our work, you can support us on Patreon by following the link below.